Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONECURCITYCAST20. Utility bills have skyrocketed this winter. Even natural gas, which at one point was considered the cheapest, has more than doubled in cost. So today on the show, we're going to be talking to Charlotte Schuff, the outreach manager at the Oregon Citizens Utility Board, or OCUB. OCUB is an independent nonprofit advocating for affordable, accessible, and energy efficient utilities. Charlotte is breaking down some legislation being proposed this session that could mean significant energy savings to households in the coming years. We'll also get some quick tips on how to immediately start saving on our utility costs. It's Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Get ready for our city's daily conversation. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is CityCast Portland. I wanted to talk to you about why utilities are becoming so expensive because the like common knowledge has always been that, oh, gas is very cheap and electricity is a little more expensive. But we're starting to see that turn around a little. And I'm wondering if you have any insight on that. Yeah, no, it's definitely making a turn. Uh, we're at a, a pretty big turning point with our utilities where gas is becoming not cheap. You know, we've seen over the past about 18 months that natural gas prices in Oregon have gone up about 42% for Northwest Natural wow. customers. So it's a lot, yeah. And even in the electric utilities, you know, when we see our PGE bills increasing or Pacific Power bills increasing, a large chunk of that is also just because the cost of natural gas is going up. These electric utilities are still using gas to generate electricity. And as we have outside factors like the war in Ukraine, uh, really increasing gas prices globally, it's really showing up on our bills, both in gas and electric. We also are already seeing the impacts of climate change on our utilities. When Pacific Power came in last year and asked for more money on customers' bills, mm -hmm. a large part of that was to pay for wildfire costs. So the cost of having to repair that infrastructure that was completely decimated in Southern Oregon over the last couple of years. Yeah. I know there's upcoming legislation on the way that the utility companies are are paying for wildfire and for, for severe weather mitigation so it doesn't fall on the shoulders of just households. Can Do you know anything more about this? Yeah. So that upcoming legislation is pretty exciting. It's giving utilities and our state regulators more tools to make sure that our households are more protected as we see those wildfire costs coming up. So that's going to be uh, House Bill 3143. So if you're interested in uh, writing into your lawmakers to support this, we'll have those tools on our website. Oh, great. Is your organization helping back this bill? Absolutely. Yeah, this is just one of many bills that we're advocating for this session. The biggest suite of legislation that we're really excited about 
is addressing buildings. So our buildings are the second largest and longest lasting source of climate pollution in Oregon. Mm. And this year we have a really big opportunity to really make sure that our homes, our workplaces, our schools are more energy efficient and also more resilient as we move into um, seeing the effects of climate change. So we're expecting to see quite a bit of legislation on making sure that we have proper insulation. This not only lowers our energy bills, but also helps protect us against things like wildfire smoke. And we're also, you know, we're expecting to see quite a bit of new programs coming online to help people get more efficient heating and cooling options. Mm-hmm. One example of this is heat pumps. So the really cool thing about heat pumps is that they work as both heating and cooling. We absolutely have seen over the last few years that cooling is an essential part of living in Oregon. Mm-hmm. It didn't used to be, but as we've seen the heat dome and consistently higher and higher heats over our summers, cooling is something that's going to be really important for keeping us both safe and healthy. So with this upcoming legislation on building resilience and energy efficiency, we're really hoping to see that there's new programs to help people get heat pumps in their homes, both for that health and safety reason, but also for energy savings. Yeah. What about appliances? Um, Because I know there's there's also been a big push to upgrade appliances. Is that something that is part of that bill or is that something that you guys are thinking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we do expect to see other appliances included in this bill as well. So things like water heaters. Uh, There's also quite a bit of chatter right now about gas stoves and moving away from gas stoves near homes. Yeah, which is so, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a gas stove, but to me, it just feels like you're actually cooking. Yeah. (laughs) You know, rather than an electric stove. So I totally understand how some people are just like, you cannot take away my gas stove. You know, we hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. We're not encouraging anyone to go out and try to break the bank to make their home the most efficient that they can. If your gas stove is working for you, that's fine. When it stops working, it might be time to think about something like induction. An induction stove is the most energy efficient. You don't have to worry about that indoor air quality issue. And it actually heats, I mean, it boils water like in half the time because it's just so efficient. Yeah, I hope that uh, your bills pass because if people do want to go to uh, induction heat, it's just those stoves are so expensive. It's like exactly. almost twice as much mm-hmm. as like an electric or a gas stove. Um, but yeah, I've heard actual chefs say once I've tr- transitioned over, I can't cook in anything else now because this is so efficient, like you said, and they feel like they have more control. Yeah. Um, do you have an induction stove? <laughs> no, I wish. Uh, no, I live in an apartment like like many Portlanders do. So I unfortunately don't have that choice to you know, make these, these upgrades. One thing that I personally am really excited about for this new suite of uh, energy efficient building legislation mm-hmm. is that it also includes quite a bit of incentives for landlords and oh, cool. for other property owners. So hopefully when my electric stove bites the dust or my water heater stops working, uh, I can talk to my landlord and, and let him know not just that it's not working, but also uh, that there are incentives for him to upgrade these highly efficient technologies, the induction stoves, mm-hmm. things like that, at a cost that would be about the same as um, as replacing it with, with a more standard electric. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I want to talk about ways to immediately start saving on utility bills. 
So what's the first thing someone should do to cut costs on utilities? Yeah. So for Oregon households, our biggest utility costs are going to be coming from our space heating and our water heating. So when we're thinking about our space heating, really simple changes like adjusting your thermostat can make a huge impact. Like how many degrees you think? I recommend setting your heater for 68 degrees in the winter when you're home and then lowering that about 10 degrees when you're away at work, out to dinner, or while you're asleep. Um, That can be a pretty big chunk of change. I want to say it's like about 10% energy bill savings just from that one um, that one adjustment. Okay. With the space heating too, finding all of those drafts is going to be a really big impact as well. Things like adding caulking around your windows, like your window frames. So just sealing the house so it's more efficient. Mm-hmm. If you're a homeowner and you have a house, adding things like attic insulation can really help lower those bills. But even for renters, just adding that temporary weather stripping around your doors and windows can make a really big difference. What about the bill? Like, what should people be looking out for? Because it's such a huge list of things, and I never know what I should be looking out for, just in case there's a mistake. Yeah, and that's not uncommon. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of people look at their bills and they're like, "Why do I twenty charges?" But there really are about two things that you should be paying attention to on your bill. First one is the basic charge. That's just the same amount each month. It's about $10 for each of these utilities. It covers administrative things like customer service, billing, cost of the meter. But the big one is the energy charge. It may be called something slightly different, but it will say basically energy charge on that bill. And that's really going to be based on your actual usage and covering the cost of getting that energy to your home, as well as the energy cost itself. Everything else you can kind of just ignore. So your organization backed a bill, and it passed last summer, that offers a utility discount to low-income households. I'm curious about what defines low-income and what the discount would be. So anyone who's 60% of the state median income will be able to get that utility bill discount. Okay. So just for context, a family of four making $60,000 or less a year will qualify. That's about $5,000 a month. And these discounts are really exciting because it's they're not insignificant. So for a PGE, you can get a 15 to 25% discount. Oh, wow. For Pacific Power, it's 20 to 40%. And for Northwest Natural, it's also 15 to 40%. And the really great thing is that you can also layer them with other assistance programs. So if for families that are already receiving energy assistance, you can stack that on top of this. And the goal is really to get people to a place where they can afford their bills instead of having to rely on these assistance programs. Right. I also heard that there's uh, free weatherization classes that give free supplies for low-income households. Do you have any of those organizations that do that? Like, do you know the names of them that we could give out? Absolutely. Community Energy Project is a really excellent local organization. They're based in Portland and offer free classes uh, on DIY weatherization for anyone in the the Multnomah County area. Well, Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on the show and and sharing your knowledge and like what your organization is doing. We'll definitely put all of the links that uh, Charlotte has mentioned in the show notes and any other organizations that, you know, might be helpful. Um, You could still save some money if you follow some of these uh, tips. And now for your microdose of news. It's taking years of planning, but Portland is almost ready to open a spot for sanctioned RV camping. With enough space for 55 vehicles, 
The city says the Sunderland RV Safe Park Village in Northeast Portland will provide temporary outdoor shelter with case management, amenities, and behavioral health services. The Salvation Army will serve as the nonprofit partner, but we're still waiting for official word on when it will open. And on last Friday's show, I made a call out to landlords for feedback on the tenant protection bills being considered in this legislative session. Laura Gracer wrote in with this. None of the city regulations have had a bad effect on me or my two small rental properties, but I resent the government requiring me to give away my property. They don't make Safeway give away food. The regulations do discourage mom-and-pop landlords, and they are probably the most humane to their tenant. Thanks for writing in, Laura. And listeners out there, if you ever want to add your two cents on a topic you hear on the show, uh, how we got it right or how we got it wrong, shoot us an email at portlandatcitycast.fm. Or leave us a voicemail at 503-208-5448. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. We'll be back tomorrow with more conversations from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.